I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. What he said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this, dog. Let's go, man. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Kang Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. As always, it's your boy DC. At the host, we got Dirty Bird and a special edition joining the Kang Gang. Hopefully not just temporary, but long term. Is our boy John Michaels from the ATL. Fellas, what's good? What's good? Man, it's another beautiful day. A day closer to college football. A day closer to Miami <laughs> returning to prominence. And our basketball team's good. And our baseball team's good. What, what can I complain about on a, on a Friday like this? I love it. I love it. Bird, um, obviously, I know you're, you know, you're working behind the scenes. You're doing some things, and uh, you were able to line up a, a very special guest for us tonight. Uh, talk to me a little bit about who we got before we bring him in, and then uh, we'll go from there. Well, awesome. I think, uh, I think he's probably one of, the, one of the, the most well-known names around the Miami fan base right now, just doing a lot of great things. Um, you know, really from a from a NIL standpoint and taking care of the players, not just, you know, not just throwing money at them like other other schools are, but actually having them work. I mean, our guys are out doing events, you know, showing up for for cigarette racing team, um, uh, you know, also showing up at the, the Miami Boat Show over the past week, uh, you know, and all the great things from from Life Wallet as well. So uh, let's bring him in. Let's bring in uh, Mr. John Ruiz. John, how hey, are you? Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Great. Thank, Thank you, for you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for joining, John. Obviously, um, there's a lot of talk. Obviously, you're kind of like the head of everything going on right now. Obviously, through Twitter, through Spaces, you know, your name is it. Like, you you are Mr. Ken Dorsey at the moment, right? Like, you're the man, right? So, we appreciate you taking your time, you know, and I know you're a very busy man, but thank you so much for joining the show. Um, you know, obviously, we're lifelong Kane fans. Obviously, you know, you're in that same position. Can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, growing up and, and being like a Miami fan or a Miami guy and what kind of get got you into that, you know, into that role? Absolutely. Um, so I, I got to the University of Miami as a real young kid. I was 17 years old uh, because I went to high school and the high school that I went to, which no longer exists, didn't have an 11th grade. So I was able to go 10th. Then I went summer and 12th. But I also had 30 college credits when I went into the University of Miami. So I started at 17, very young. My parents were Cuban immigrants, uh, you know, not a lot of money at all. So I made it to UM. My dad, you know, put some money together and, and you know, I got through school. But the one amazing thing was I didn't really know about college football. And, you know, you got there and I happened to have a friend that went to UM also that went to high school with me. And, you know, the first thing you do is, hey, you know, everybody's going to the football game. Let's go to the football game. A bunch of people go and I go to the football game. I'm in the student section and I'm kind of like, you know, a fish out of water. Right. So I'm not really sure what's going on because I had not been a guy that had watched college football before. So I wasn't very in tune with all the teams. And and I'll tell you kind of like a, a, a funny but somewhat ironic story. So first play. My first game ever, UM kicks the ball off, uh, and they're playing FSU, and the guy on the left-hand side of the field catches the ball. I don't know who anybody is. Catches the ball, throws it across the other side of the field, uh, obviously behind him, 
and the guy takes off and runs the ball the entire way down the sideline, and everybody is going haywire that FSU just scored a touchdown. And what was ironic about that, it was Deion Sanders. Uh, run the ball back. So, you know, the most impressive football player I've ever seen uh, in person and obviously on TV, this guy was just an amazing athlete. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I lived and breathed, you know, the Vinny Testaverde, um, the Melvin Bratton, the Alonzo Highsmith, the Jimmy Johnson, mm -hmm. just an amazing thing. The most ironic thing is Melvin Bratton just left my house, literally five minutes ago. That's our boy. <laughs> He's your boy. And you know what? He was my favorite player while I was at UM. And just life has a really funny way of kind of bringing people together. Yeah. Uh, and you just never know where you're going to end up because Melvin Bratton was my favorite player. I thought he was like amazing. And I had him in class. And when I had him in class, he probably, you know, couldn't care less who I was. Uh, and, you know, I was this young 17 year old kid that knew nobody. And then now all of a sudden he's at my house and we're trying to do really good things, you know, for the inner city and the kids. And, and, and that's pretty much, you know, kind of what it's about. So fast forward, I graduate from UM. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest boy starts playing baseball at four years of age. By age seven, he's going to Jim, uh, Jim Morris's camp. Uh, ironic again, the other last week, Jim Morris, who teaches a course at UM, asked me, to talk to his class about, you know, everything that I've done. Uh, you know, these are people that I have always looked up to, right? Jim Morris is a class act, an amazing, uh, you know, coach and, and person. And so my son's seven years old and we're taking him and they're not letting him in the camp because you gotta be a little bit older, but I don't know if you guys know uh, uh, Flacco, which is Jose, um, they, you know, his first name is Jose. He was always at the camp and he knew my son and he told Morris, hey, no, the kid can play. So then they would let him in. But he was so young that at night when they sleep over, you know, me and the mom had to go and make sure that he was OK. So we start knowing him, J.D. Arteaga, so on and so forth. So anyways, you know, my son ends up being recruited by the University of Miami to play baseball. Um, and, you know, he gets recruited as, as an eighth grader going into ninth grade. He plays, you know, at UM, he plays four years. I travel with the team. I'm going to the football games. My daughter then starts at UM. She becomes a sensation. I'm going to all the football games. <laughs> then my third uh, boy also goes to UM. So, you know, we've been involved with the program for a very long time. I think the difference is that, you know, because, you know, through hard work and, and a lot of luck, you know, we were able to, to, to make a significant amount of money. And obviously, we've always contributed to UM, but we never were able to do it in, in this kind of level at this volume. So some people are saying, like, oh, these people came out of the woodwork. That's not true. You know, I've been supporting the program and going and traveling and knowing everybody there, you know, for an extremely long time. Um, so why, you know, the entire evolution? So... You know, I think, you know, Miami fans just knew that, you know, we were at one point in time, we had that swag, we were the team, uh, you know, you, you were always in contention for a national championship, you're watching the games, you know, these guys are stud and they had this, this, you know, this proudness about them that just, you know, we're going to win, we got it and, you know, we're tough and, and that swag carries everywhere. I've traveled a lot, you know, specific for baseball. And in my opinion, the UM brand 
is the best and most recognized brand in the entire country when it comes to college sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, in my opinion, like the, the New York Yankees of baseball or the Dallas Cowboys of football. And, you know, a lot of times in life, things happen kind of like a perfect storm. So, you know, people are kind of fed up with the football. They want to bring in, you know, a new head coach. Things line up. Um, it so happens that Mario is somewhat distantly related to my to my kid's mother. <clears throat> and things kind of start, you know, coming together, right? And, you know, I, I sit down with my kids and I say, man, we got to do something. You know, this is our alma mater. You know, we're all four of us went there and, you know, we, we got to do something about the program and, and getting things and the excitement. And I said to myself, you know, the first thing that they need is a stadium. Oh. Uh, and I said, you know, I'll build the stadium. And so I tweet, you know, my youngest boy, Alex, hey, you know, we want to build a stadium. And that's just what caused like the whole explosion. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of funny. At the time, we had already donated uh, $2 million to the baseball facility for, for a new um, – for a new gymnasium and, and, you know, weight center and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, you know, a process of, you know, trying to piece everything together. So, you know, it's been fun. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that criticize and a lot of pessimism and, and people that just, you know, look at things a different way, but we don't let, let that dissuade us. You know, I, I've always told everybody, there's one of three things you can do. If you have money, you either do nothing which I like not to do, or, or you can do negative and crappy things and think that you're better than somebody else, which I'm not going to do. And the third thing is that you can get, give back to the community. And we think we're, we're fortunate, um, you know, to be in, in the situation that we're in. Uh, you know, I'm very, very proud of my three kids. My ki- three kids are super hard workers. You know, whoever meets them, uh, you know, Alex was the youngest one is actually the CEO of Cigarette. And he did not become the CEO just because he was my son. Now, this kid, like, is a real worker. Whoever meets him, if you guys have have known about him, you talk to anybody, I mean, he really is a business guy. And then my daughter is an incredible student. I mean, great grades, super applied. She's the chief uh, marketing officer uh, for Cigarette Boats and has taken off of this apparel uh, line. Uh, and, you know, doing a bunch of collaboration. She did it all on her own. And then my oldest boy, which is Johnny Ruiz, which is was an amazing baseball player. He got drafted by the Astros and everything, but he hurt his UCL. Uh, you know, I'm always very honest. He was a, a better player than Alex. Alex was a pitcher. Johnny was, you know, the real deal. Uh, you know, he played. He got drafted as a junior. Now he's an, an attorney, uh, you know, working with us. My daughter graduates from law school in about two months. And I told Alex I'll hit him over the head with a hammer if he doesn't go into law school. And not necessarily because I want him to practice, but I just want him, you know, to be able to join our firm. Um, so, it's you know, it's been great, honestly. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to the university administration uh, because, you know, they stepped up to the plate and they understand what's going on. And, you know, sometimes we just can't say too much, but I can tell you, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the board of trustees. I have a lot of respect for the president. I have a lot of respect for Rudy and Joe. And I mean, these guys are really, really, really doing what they needed to do. They're super supportive. Uh, I think it's, it's an amazing thing what's happening. I mean, I feel it in you guys. I feel it myself. And every fan 
is super, super stoked. They're super hyped up. Uh, and I kept saying, if the first game isn't a sellout, I'm buying every ticket. It's going to be a sellout. Can so you, can that's you what my commitment. I pay a lot for my seats. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to make sure that you guys are there. Oh, we're there. I, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> okay. You know, John, you you touched on something that, that strikes me really, really close <clears throat> to the heart. You know, the three of us, we met via social media because of our love for the University of Miami. I always tell the story, My, you know, I, I became a Miami fan in 1980. My grandfather, who grew up in South Florida, used to sneak into the old Orange Bowl to watch George Myra Sr. Yes. And I'll never forget, in 1980, Miami plays in the Peach Bowl. I'm six. I, I don't know anything about football. And he just, they're playing in the biggest game ever, and you got to watch this. And to see my grandfather love the team, it grew to be what I am now as a 47-year-old. My youngest son's name is Kane. Because that's oh, wow. how much I care about the program and how much I love the program. But it strikes me, you know, when you talk about family, did, did it always feel like that? You know, you talk about being a Cuban immigrant at a school, not knowing the sport. Did you always feel like Miami was your family? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and look, much more so now. Uh, one of the things that I've been the most impressed with, and I say it whenever I'm on a Twitter space or whenever I talk, UM fans are amazing. They are the best. They they are so supportive, and it's important. And I tell them all the time, we can't do this stuff by ourselves. We need the, the support. Uh, and I appreciate that support because it's great. Um, you know, sometimes in life, for one reason or another, you're at the forefront of something, you know. And I've always pretty much been like that when it relates to either my law firm or, or a company that I'm running. I'm kind of the guy that has to make the decisions and, and, and make the moves and, and be the face of what's happening. But, you know, just like in my companies, I have a huge number of people that are just amazing people. Uh, and I see that in the UM fans. I think much more so than, you know, people that, that are fans of the Miami Heat or the Dolphins or the Marlins. It's just a different, different level. Um so the support that we get, which is probably 98, 99%, uh, I'm super, super honored to have that kind of support of people. I've also met a, a, an enormous number of people that, you know, I ne never knew before. Uh, it's just, it's been, you know, truly amazing. And then to, to, to top all that off, to have the number of kids that we have with these, you know, name, image, and likeness, uh agreements and if you've looked at it you know i'm just not going for the kids that are the superstars you know? uh, and i, and I, I, I respect you, you for that no no yeah. and i i completely respect you for that it doesn't matter and, and i've always said the same thing as a fan i don't care if you're a walk-on i don't care if you're a five-star recruit i'm going to support you 100 because you're wearing that logo well, it's that, but it, there's a bigger picture too, right? You know, I'm a Miami fan. Obviously, you guys are Miami fans, but I'm also a fan of the youth. And I'm also a fan of the youth where I can provide some input. Uh, you know, I'm a person that I think that because, you know, I've, I basically started with nothing. You know, I started with my dad loaning me his credit card for 800 bucks. So I know what it is to start from scratch. And the one, I had two very defining moments in my life. Uh, and one had to do with a friend of mine that asked me to skip from school. And I said, I'm not skipping. And unfortunately, he skipped and he ended up, you know, in, in drugs. 
And, you know, knock on wood, I've never done a drug in my life. And I'm not criticizing anybody that does anything, but I also don't drink. I don't drink at all. Uh, as a practicing attorney, I've always done very big injury cases. Uh, and I see horrific types of situations with, you know, DUIs and people getting injured and, and young kids dying on motorcycles because they're not using, you know, the, 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 the brain that God gave them to make sure that they stay out of trouble. And we've all been, you know, 17 and 18 and 19, and we do things that we wouldn't do today, right? Right. For two reasons. Number one, mentally, you want to do it, and probably physically, we can't do it. But I, I believe that my calling is to give back. And when I give back to the youth and I can train them how to communicate, how communicate better, right? Communicate effectively to become self-confident of themselves, I think my job is off the field. Uh, and I'm super proud of these these kids. And, you know, I apologize for calling them kids because, you know, that's <laughs> the way I see them. Um, I mean, I'm super proud of how much progress they've made. Have you guys, and I invite you guys, you can come. We film pretty much every Friday. But what I'm proud of is that you see the evolution in just like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. You see how they get better and better and better. I don't know if you guys uh, watched the program we did with, uh, you know, about 50 something players on Sunday night. Uh, and it was, it was just truly amazing. I mean, so I'm not sure if you guys watched that or not. Uh, so guys, we got to pay a couple bills. Uh, we're going to be right back with John Reese here. You're listening to the Kane gang radio show here on Sirius XM slam radio channel 145. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker. Everybody. What's up? This is Grok and you're listening Slam Radio Sirius XM, yeah! There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pola. Tongo Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. 
report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuello. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back here on the Gang Gang Radio Show, we're chopping it up with uh, Mr. John Ruiz. Uh, we got John Michaels, got the Dirty Bird. So, John, just continue to talk a little bit about what you're talking about as far as Life Wallet and, and the, the youth that you have and what you're doing with them. So, you know, Life Wallet is a product uh, that's very, very unique, uh, pretty much in the world. And the best way I can describe it for you, we've all been to the doctor before and we've all tried to register to go to the doctor. But when you go to the doctor, we have in the United States of America, the best doctors and the doctors have the best medications available to them to treat people and the best medical devices and tools that they need. What the doctors do not have is your medical history available to them. So when somebody calls rescue and that individual is, you know, seen by emergency personnel, what they're doing is getting your vitals, right? What's your blood pressure? What's your heart rate? What's your uh, oxygen level? Well, a lot of times you're taking medications, you have medical conditions that where you could save a person's life by having that information at many, many different levels. So what Life Wallet does is that those people that sign up with LifeWallet, we go back and we get all of your historical records and pharmaceutical records, and it's available with you for you to take anywhere in the entire world. But more important than that, we tap into the doctors that join the LifeWallet program, but we have all the, the biggest uh, cities, counties that handle emergency uh, systems. So we have probably about 95% of the country covered. So no, no matter where you go, you're covered because we're able to do that through biometrics. So turning over to the NIL world, because that product is very scalable, it is a product that we need to get out into the, into the domain and for people to understand how it works. So I've always been involved in production studios and, and being able to kind of disseminate content by creating content and disseminating it through different channels. So what we've done is we've used the athletes to explain how life wallet works. So we kind of come up with a storyline. Uh, you know, we did one with uh, Tyler Van Dyke uh, and his girlfriend Morgan, which is, um, you know, a golf player. And obviously, and that came out great. And then we did one with a couple of the offensive linemen and, uh, and the, you know, the kicker uh, and Jay Garcia, the, the other quarterback. And, and it's like really fun stuff. The kids have a blast doing it. Uh, I really have a lot of fun doing it because I get to meet them personally. And let's face it, when you're talking about football, you don't really get to see the faces of the players. They're wearing a helmet and they're just a number. When people start to identify who the players are and see them acting I believe we're going to get a lot more fans out there because you've made like sort of a connection mm -hmm. 
and people don't understand that. And you guys probably have experienced this. You know, you go to a restaurant and you see somebody you see on TV and all of a sudden you almost feel like you know them because you see them so much. And that, that's important. And the other thing is like the family is so supportive of the players. And we've heard so many great stories of what these kids do with the money, helping the moms and helping the family and the siblings that, you know, it's really, really uh, heartwarming to, to be able to be in a position to experience all of this. And what I've wanted the kids to do is to explain to the public, you know, what it is that they're doing. Bigger picture is what people need to understand, because obviously, you know, we, we, I'm a lawyer and I look at everything and how we're doing it. And one of the things that is important is that you can have a contract, right? So the contract is a four corners of a piece of paper or two pieces of paper. But you can have a contract that complies with the NIL rules, but if they don't perform and they don't do the work, then you aren't complying with the terms of the contract. These contracts are a year long. I've not seen, and I'm not here to criticize anybody else, but I've not seen a program in the entire country where I've seen players that are presumptively getting paid produce anything. We are as transparent as you make it. You're going to see the behind the scenes. You're going to see them, you know, putting the commercial together. You're going to see them on the commercial. And one of the things that's fascinating, now we're seeing the players that they're so motivated in doing the stuff that they're coming out with their own, uh, you know, sort of commercials producing it themselves and, and kind of like the slogan, don't leave home without your life wallet. So it's, right. it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that is. Sorry, go I, ahead, John. I was going to say, does it annoy you? Cause I I've been on your side on social media when I see Darren Ravel deciding that <laughs> I want to go after John Ruiz in the university of Miami. I take exception to it because I'd go through his Twitter timeline. And I'm like, it's amazing. Texas A&M, Texas, Georgia, Alabama, these kids all have NIL deals, yet I've never seen him go after it. It was almost like he was trying to belittle what your company is and almost trying to pigeonhole because it's Miami that there's got to be something dirty. Does that aggravate you knowing that you're doing everything above board from a lawyer side and a business side? You know, I've always in my entire life, you know, that's kind of been what I've had to, to go through. Because almost every company that I've had and everything I've ever done, nobody believes in it until it happens. So I make people believers from performing. Uh, and what I realize is that people just didn't understand really how the law works. So when I see a, a person like like Ravel, and I don't really know him personally, other than you know the the, the criticism on on Twitter, you don't need uh, to trust me. Yeah. <laughs> And, and he was on a, one of the Twitter spaces, and it was Ravel. Uh, I don't remember if Darren Heitner was on that night or not, but I just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. And, you know, everybody that was on there said, well, this guy doesn't know. So I challenge anybody to challenge me on the law and what we're doing because they're going to lose on that because I know that extremely well. Well, has uh, it been? I'm sorry? No, as you say, so has it been, you know, we, we know that it's been great from the students end, but from your end as the business, right? And I mean, you've had Dave Portnoy involved and Big Cat and, um, and you know, Darren Ravel and all these kind of national names and presences. Has, has that, 
you know, led to a, a positive impact for LifeWall and the product? I mean, look, I like to be very honest and transparent. It's done a hundred times better than I ever expected. <laughs> Wonderful. It really has. It really, yeah. it's taken off. Like you could, you know, <laughs> I think the last time I checked, we had over 300,000 impressions for a long snapper. Wow. Clay James. Clay James. Yeah. So (laughs) listen, I'm I'm almost honest. I don't know the name of a long snapper in the 40 years I've been watching football other than the UM long snapper now. John Denny. Yeah. So so that goes to show you, uh, you know, how great this is working out and, you know, how great it's working out for the players and really for the families of the players. And bringing, you know, recognition to, hey, how can you get, you know, these student athletes that are putting in this hard work and effort and they're not getting paid for it where they can get injured? And how can you reconcile that with somebody like a Justin Bieber that, you know, has a different talent? So why are you why are you focusing and treating in an unequal way? a person that has a physical talent as an athlete versus somebody that has a, a great voice and a performer. What does Justin Bieber still can go to the university of Miami and not have to sit and be benched out from singing right. if he's a good performer. Right. So that's not fair. So I think these, these laws with these giant corporations, you know, that are monopolies and, you know, they think they can control everything. And one of the things that I, that I tell people, everybody's so scared of the NCAA. Why are you scared of the NCAA? If you're doing things right, you don't have to be scared of them. Uh, I've litigated with the NCAA and I've and I've prevailed against the NCAA. So I'm not scared of them. I've fought the FHSAA too. I represented Udonis Haslam and Stephen Blake and all these guys back many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So my business is, is suing gigantic corporations. Uh, and, you know, they put their pants the same way we do every day in the morning, you know, one leg at a time. So, <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't matter. Just don't be scared. You know, if you're doing the right thing and you're dotting I's and crossing T's, there's no reason why you should be scared. John, let me ask you a question. With these kids now with the NIL deal, how does the tax ramification or do these student athletes understand now that they're getting this money? <clears throat> how does that tax ramification impact or do they understand what they need to do from a tax perspective? So I got to tell you, one of the other things that, I, that I'm very uh, – proud of is that the agents that are bringing the kids uh, you know specifically the Rosenhaus group and first round management which is Malky Kawa man they've really taken these kids by the hand and they've actually gotten people to help them from the financial side so that they can file their 1099s and do the okay. things that they need to do Okay. So I got to give a lot of credit to the agents. So I got to explain some things to you guys, and and this will clear it up. Here's where I try to stay uh, within the the, the zone that I try to stay in to prevent any issues from ever occurring. Mm -hmm. Do I know people at the University of Miami? I know them super well. I mean, some of them are, you know, very, very dear friends. Do I talk to them about things relating to sports? Absolutely not. You know why? Because I don't want anybody to ever say, that I'm having a conversation with anybody in administration that has anything to do with what I do. The other thing that I stay away from is I do not talk to the players directly unless the players call us. And I have to make sure that if the players are calling us, these players have already committed to the university of Miami. Mm -hmm. 
Because the one other gray area is, hey, Ruiz is luring people to go to UM because he's offering them NIL deals. And that's not going to happen. Yep. Therefore, what, what we're doing, you know, in, in a very concerted way is I only speak to players once they're already in or I'm speaking always through an agent and or an attorney. The law states that no one can represent a player other than an agent or an attorney. Am I an attorney? Yes, but I have a conflict going to speak to a player that I'm trying to make a deal with. Correct. So these two organizations, you know, the Rosenhaus Group and First Round Management have been amazing. Yeah. And what's even more amazing is from what I understand, they're not even taking money or a percentage of what these kids are making. Wow. That's incredible. So, so, so they're just representing the student athletes and, and kind of funneling, funneling them you know, to you or to your, to your company. And then you guys are working together. And I, you know, I respect you. Cause again, number one, we already, we already know about the Nevin Shapiro situation, right? We don't want that again. You know, I've been a fan since 1991. I've seen a lot of players come through here. Do I know what happens? Do, do things happen with student athletes? Absolutely. Right. But we're the university of Miami. We don't need any other shadow cast over us no. for anything. Right. Cause that's what the NCAA is looking for. They want anything to pin on Miami so they can kind of quote unquote, give us a death penalty. So again, respect to you for what you're doing, how you're handling that using the agents, you know, in order to, you know, go through to the student athletes and, and again, staying away from conflict of interest, mad respect for you on that. So, so I appreciate it. So let, the, the way that I view things is as follows. I follow the law that exists at the time. If I disagree with the law, that's what the court systems are for. So that's why I've sued the NCAA and I've sued the FHSAA, because if I don't like what they're doing, the only way that I have recourse is to go through the court system and change the law the way that the American jurisprudence is supposed to do it. So every that's why I'm so transparent about filming the kids, letting them come out, because there's nobody can ever say that Tyler Van Dyke and Morgan and Jake Garcia and, uh, and Cleveland and all these guys are not working. It's not going to happen because, you know, we have proof. Um, again, I'm not criticizing any other program, but I don't want to be in a 501c3 conglomeration of people. I don't want to uh, be paying, you know, linemen all the same amount because there are disparities in, in different people in what they can put back. Now, you got a, a kid like, like uh, you know, Robbie out of uh, Key Largo, uh, Robbie Prosak, that you know, hasn't played much, uh, if, if at all, but he's a kid. Look, what we got to understand is if, if you have a, a son or a daughter, or if you're, you know, godson or, or goddaughter, uh, or grandson or granddaughter, anybody, you're very proud of those kids. Right. And one of the things that, that I love to do is, you know, the, the elite athletes, you know, like the Tyler Van Dyke's, and, and, you know, the, the athletes that everybody's always following and talking about get a lot of recognition. Right. When you go to some of these other players and their families, I mean, they're like besides themselves. So one of the things I realized with the long snapper, his mom's, you know, listening to every uh, broadcast and she's on top of everything. And, you know, I love that because Heather James, Heather James, we love Heather, Heather James. James. We love That's Heather, right. man. Heather, right. Heather's great. Fun you fact, know. she was actually the show's Twitter account's thousandth follower, Heather. Was. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we travel, like, listen, I, I mean, I travel, 
like almost every game, home and away. It's just something that we do. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you talk about not knowing like the the lower tier players, like that's my responsibility as a fan. I want to know who they are because, like I said earlier, I don't care if you're a walk on or you're a five star. It's like Jimmy Murphy. You know, we love Jimmy Murphy. He was just a walk on who put his heart into the program. He's a kid from Connecticut up there. He's not a local kid, but you know what? He wore that U. He wore the orange and green. He sweated it. He bled it. So I'm going to respect him for that. So we got to go to break real quick here on the Kane Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. We'll be right back in about 30 seconds, give or take, and we'll, we'll finish up our first hour. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home. Privacy of your own home. Watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what 
gospel. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, on behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Segment number three here with uh, Mr. John Ruiz. Uh, now, we, we got into some fun stuff earlier. We, we were going to ask you some questions about memorable moments and things like that. You know, we kind of already done the business things, and we appreciate all that. Um, so when I, when I wanted to ask you about, like, one of your most memorable moments, obviously you already told us about Dion, so I don't know if we can get any more, <laughs> you know, better than that, you know. But, uh, you know, obviously we go to games. We all, we all go to games. We go, like I was Saturday, I was at the basketball game. I, I followed up, went to the baseball game, kind of had a rain delay. So I'm like, Hey, it's getting about 10 o'clock. I got a four-year-old, you know, we got to leave. But the passion that we have is probably the same passion you have, right? Like, but when we go to games, when we go as fans, we get crazy. Now I'm like you, I don't, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. People think I do because I act like I act like a fanatic at a game, but <laughs> But that's that's just my passion for it, right? So what are some of your most memorable moments? You talked about Melvin and Alonzo. So when you go back to the 83 to 86 with the Testaverdes and stuff, you know, I'm a little bit more early 90s. Talk to me about some of your most memorable times or most memorable games that you can remember at the University of Miami. Um, man, I would say like, you know, Michael Irving combination with Vinny Testaverde. Uh, you know, catching those balls, you know, within the end zone, like the corner of the end zone, which was almost like kind of like automatic. Um, and, you know, Testaverde threw like a perfect spiral. And, you know, most of the time, because of where you're sitting in the student section, I had a great, great, you know, vantage point of, of what's going on there. And, you know, Melvin Bratton, which wasn't built physically like a Lonzo Heisman. Alonzo Heisman was like, you know, an incredible specimen, but he just had a knack for the game. You know, he just was so amazing uh, the way that he ran the ball that, you know, whenever there was a, an important, uh, you know, play where he had to run the ball, he like almost, you know, got it done. You know, he's one of those guys. He was like a gamer. Um, and then he hurt his knee, I remember, and I was like super bummed out. Um you know, that, those were the most memorable times, obviously, when they played the Gators or they played FSU, uh, where, where, you know, the games where people obviously are coming down from Tallahassee or, or Gainesville. Uh, and, you know, you're just the, the hype of getting to the game and the, you know, the, the hours before the game and wearing the UM shorts. And, you know, you, this doesn't kind of work anymore, but I used to wear the UM tank top. 
and tried to show the girls the muscles at the time, which you know, <laughs> I still had some. So, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then you get to see those guys because I had them in, in class. And right. you get to see them walking around. And I remember that Drew Rosenhaus was basically my same year. Uh, so I remember I had him in, 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 in a lot of classes and I remember he used to be a really, really skinny guy. Uh, and I think that's why he met all the players. Cause I guess he started to go to the gym and he started, you know, mingling with all the players. And that's how this guy became, you know, this huge famous agent, uh, as a result of that. So, you know, those are, you know, incredible memories. Uh, and then to have Jimmy Johnson, Alonzo Highsmith, DJ Williams and all these guys on our stadium committee. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And, you know, relating to something outside of the University of Miami, uh, there's a lawyer in town, which his name is Stuart Grossman, who actually is a very big UM fan and supporter. You know, he, he's probably, I figure, about 20 years older than me, maybe 20 something. I start practicing. This guy's like my idol, right? I look up to him. I mean, man, this guy's an amazing lawyer. So now I'm doing superstars in trial with the same guy oh. that I found to be this, you know, amazing lawyer. And when you got the players coming to my house and making deals and, and getting my youngest son involved in all these deals and you got Jimmy Johnson and you're talking to him and you got to meet Dan Marino and you get to meet, you know, uh, Dana White and you get to meet Jamie Foxx, it's something that, you know, for a kid like me that grew up with absolutely nothing, right. it's an incredible and amazing experience. John, it's funny you say that. I, I've worked in radio now almost 20 years, and you know, I got into it because I love sports, and I didn't really have a whole lot of other talent. I could talk a lot, and uh, I, I have an encyclopedia-like knowledge of useless sports information. My most exciting times are always meeting UM guys. You know, We'll go to Radio Row. I used to work for the Falcons for a decade. We lost the Super Bowl, but I spent a week on Radio Row whether it was Warren Sapp or Reggie Wayne or Michael Irvin, just I turned into a kid. You know, I'd, I'd be a 40-something-year-old guy turning into a kid going back to see them. And I love what you talk about the stadium, the, the moments before. And I know you've kind of alluded, alluded to and been very open that you want to build a stadium in Miami uh, and have the Canes have their own field. I love Hard Rock. I think the Rock, they've done a great job with the renovations. But there's nothing like this place right here. You probably can't see it on video right now. But the old OB I have tattooed wow. on my arm, I wanted to be buried there. So if you can <laughs> ever come up with something where we've got a somewhat uh, replica of the orange ball. No, I, I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to bury you. I don't want to bury you. I don't want to do that. No. I want you to stay alive. <laughs> that was something that made Miami Miami. And, and it's not that the Rock is not great because I do think it's a state-of-the-art facility. But when Miami, in your time, my time, Co, Bird, all of our time, it was something about going to that place in Little Havana, and it was of our course. own. Uh, the the best part, John, though, I, listen, the going to the game was great, but the best part about going to the OB was, hey, twenty dollar no blocky. That like yeah. that's all you had to worry about, like. <laughs> or, or the Cuban the Cuban marinated food on a stick that was outside with the little gato uno palo, literally yeah, cat on the stick. <laughs> Listen, I, I think that the, 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 real, the real thing that I remember is that if you went to the bathroom, you end up urinating on the other guy's shoes. 100%. It was a trough. Like, literally, 
It was yeah. a big trough out there, and then it wasn't even about the guy's shoes. It was the people underneath the, the, the bathroom. <laughs> and by the time, and by the time you got into the stadium, you wore white sneakers that were like all black with all the mud, and the, if it rained, and it was you know. But listen, hey, you know that though that that's fun. That's growing up. That's part of the process. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know, and, and this is a good you know venue to kind of make sure that people understand while. You know, the where I'm incentivized and I want to build a stadium for the University of Miami. The vision is much broader and bigger than that. Dade County Public Schools don't have baseball fields that they could really utilize. You know, most of them don't have it. When they have it, it's in very poor condition. They don't have football fields. They don't have basketball gymnasiums. You know, they don't have the facilities. Tropical Park, to me, is for a community center. Mm-hmm. probably 15% of it would be the stadium. And obviously it'd be a mammoth stadium, like 65,000, um, you know, seats. But the bigger vision is, you know, I'm involved in healthcare, healthcare technology. And, you know, one of the things that, that really drives me and people think that, you know, people get driven because of money. Everybody wants to make money, but that's not really what drives me, to be honest. What drives me is to be able to save lives, like with LifeWallet, and, and create these, you know, systems that will help people get better and, and try to find, you know, different. Now, right now, I'm involved in, in trying to get, uh, you know, paraplegics and, and quadriplegics, you know, with some technology to see if they could walk again. I want to bring technology and medicine to Tropical Park because... Jackson Trauma is an amazing facility. We need to build that from scratch with even better and more infrastructure uh, and more like fiber optics and equipment and have helicopters land there so when people get injured. That's one of the things. The fields bring softball fields and bring swimming and rowing and, you know, build build a humongous uh, gymnasium so we can have 30 or 40 or 50 volleyball games during the summer in tournaments and have basketball tournaments and have after school programs because we keep, you know, we're talking about athletes, but how about the people that make it happen? Right. How about the people that produce and commentate like what you guys are doing? And how about the people that are on the video side? You know, there's just a lot of more things. And, you know, we could have a number of kids that go to Dade County public schools. And for that matter, that even go to private schools, why not have places where these kids stay off the streets? You know, they stay away from drugs, they stay away from, from drinking, and we give them something and just make everybody that much better while giving back to the community. That's, That's my question for Tropical Park. It's not just people maybe thinking, oh, this is just for the University of Miami. No, it's much bigger than the University of Miami uh, because we also have to understand that kids go to the University of Miami three or four years, but they live, you know, based on the mortality tables, you know, the average life of a person is 78, 80 years of age. So they're going to live another, you know, 76 years. They're not at the University of Miami. We are given tools, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the one beautiful thing about the University of Miami or the games is, you know, you can have a disagreement with your neighbor. <clears throat> but when you're there and he likes UM and you like UM, when the game's on, you're both rooting for the same thing. That's reality. <clears throat> so John what's the uh what's the school's position on a new stadium right I mean obviously you've had conversations with them I mean where do they stand on everything 
So I've spoken to the AD. Obviously, the AD, you know, would love a stadium, but they they think that there are things that you know are more pressing that they're already working on. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to explain the way that the process of the system works, we've already hired HKS. You know, they're the company that did the the the, well, the, there, the right? Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, so they're amazing. It's an amazing company. We've given them what our vision is. We got the stadium committee. We got a bunch of other things going on. But what we want to do is present an entire game plan to the county. And then we're going to go to UM so that everybody opines on what's there. Because that's the way the process works. Again, because I don't want anybody to ever say, hey, you you know, Ruiz is, is trying to get the administration to do one thing or another. When I donate money to the university, I'm not mandating that they do anything, right? I know they're going to do the right thing. And as a result of that, that's why I try to make sure that I don't have a lot of communication with UM, you know, not because I don't want to. And obviously, if I see them, I'm super nice, but I don't try to talk the business side of it. And if we do at some point in time, we're going to have a, a, you know, a sit down and it's going to be completely all professional. And hey, look, this is our view. What do you guys want to do? This is what we think. We think U Health can expand tremendously, uh, more so than what they're doing now. You know, that's one of the pillars of the community. You know, this healthcare component. You know, you gotta you gotta give a lot of credit to Stuart Miller for everything he's done as it relates to all these medical facilities. So that's kind of the thinking behind the whole thing. Wow. Mario on board. I will I will just tell you the amount of the amount of hype. I couldn't renew my season ticket. And I, I live in Atlanta, full disclosure. I don't get to get, come down to as many games as I want, three kids and wife and everything else. I couldn't renew my season tickets fast enough. And, and I know <laughs> you were part of the process, the board of trustees you mentioned. Have you felt that excitement everywhere? Can, can you just feel that Miami fans, it's almost like 15 to 20 years of pent-up frustration, are ready to come out with the cookman in about six months? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's almost like a UM orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been built up, you know, for all this time. Uh, and and people, listen, I, I think there's an incredible, incredible amount of excitement. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm. You, you probably figured it out already based on the interview. Now, I'm a very passionate person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I live and breathe it, and and you know, that's just the way that I operate. Uh, and that's what keeps me going. You know, that's I like innovation. I like to build. I like to envision something and see it come through. Uh, and, you know, I can't always control everything. But if it's up to me uh, and, you know, I don't stop trying ever, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do everything to, to try to make this happen. Uh, and again, yeah, UM is part of it. But I just think that it's such a great project for the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Right that I'm super excited for it because I see and envision kids going to the center and learning about medicine and learning about audiovisual and about journalism. Uh, you know, and I have, you know, I have the fortune of having Diana Diaz with us that was a channel seven and a Fox affiliate for such a long time and has have so much talent and is as passionate as I am that she loves what she does and she transmits that over to the kids too. And, and to be able to do that and have such quality people in our organization that feel the same passion and are working towards this every day, 
and to have taken Tyler Van Dyke and Morgan and Jay Garcia to the boat show and being there and being able to, to present them, you know, while there were literally, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people that were there uh, from the thousands that were in the boat show that were in our location and being able to take them now on a speedboat that they're dying to go and being able to film that. I mean, those are life experiences that you can never, ever, ever, you know, replicate. And these right. kids will have that for the rest of their lives. You know, Tyler and Morgan and Jake that went to the, to the cigarette boat show have had an experience that for the rest of their lives, they can be on a program like this and say to themselves, you know what? We were the first year of NIL programs. <laughs> And we actually represented a 50 plus year old company that is, you know, synonymous, you know, Ferrari cars, cigarette boats. And we were the people that were promoting the company. You know, we just came out with a wave runner. First time ever. Yeah. So, I think it's awesome, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> and, and that, you know, that's what motivates me. And I think that what you guys are asking, which you guys feel the same thing, is what I feel. That's what my kids feel. That's what the community is feeding. There is so much energy going on, which is absolutely amazing. And, you know, you can't take away that Mario Cristobal, uh, the guy's a badass. I mean, I don't care <laughs> how you slice it. He's really a badass. Uh, yes. And what was ironic is the first, you know, time that he spoke that he came down here, I had essentially for maybe a month before had come out with that time is now slogan. Right. And in his, uh, you know, him addressing uh, the, the, the press and the people that were there, he said, and the time is now. That wasn't scripted or anything. So I just kind of think that things have been landing, you know, in the right place at the right time. And we have that, you know, perfect storm, so to speak. Yeah. Well, John, we appreciate you taking your time. I know, it's, you know, uh, I'm sure you're busy. I'm sure everybody's trying to reach out to you and trying to get interviews and stuff. But I want to thank you so much for taking your time to come out on the show tonight with us, um, talking welcome, about your, your personal life as well as, and again, we're, we're all diehard Kane fans, right? But to be able to hear your story and your passion, we generally appreciate that. And we thank you so much for your time, you know, and we look to, you know, hopefully during the season, we'll have you back on and we can chop it up some more and talk about some of the games and things like that. So I'm going to hold you guys to one thing. Yes, sir. I have a suite uh, at, the, at the stadium. And I want to make sure that you guys visit us or that we get together game one at some point in time so that we can celebrate. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. And since I know that you don't drink, I'm going to have a Diet Coke for you, which is what I drink. So uh, just so real I quick. Drink. You drink. <laughs> so, so, John, I'm not sure where your suite is. Um, my wife and I and my son, who, who's, his name's Kane as well, we sit in the end zone, in the field club, you know, right next to the tunnel. So, like, that's my passion. When them boys run through that smoke, that's Ooh, where I want to be. I, I have, I have, I think, either four or six seats there also. But this year, because of the number of people, I have a suite. I think it's 241. Okay. Uh, but we'll get together. I mean, we're absolutely have time uh, between now and then. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, guys. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, sir. Take it easy. Great. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. 
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information, like your Social Security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuyo. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to our number two here on the Kane Gang Radio Show. Uh, special edition, obviously I say special edition because we had uh, John Ruiz on the first hour, as well as another special edition, we have John Michaels, who is now joining the Kang Gang Show. And then another special, special edition, on the second hour, we welcome none other than the man, the myth, the one and only, Mr. 2-9, Jimmy Murphy. <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> how was the introduction? Do you like the introduction? Love it, man. You're the best, man. You never... Never seemed to amaze me, man. <laughs> well, Jimmy, man, thank you so much for joining us. And 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 again, um, I saw you just a few months ago. Obviously, you know, we, you, you still come to the games. And, you know, obviously you're big balling. You're sitting up there in the sweet life. You know, you're up there in the bow campers area, the champion suite, all you can eat, all you can drink. You know, you're living the high life. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You, you blood, sweat, and tears. That's one of the perks about playing at the University of Miami. After football, you get to enjoy some of the free benefits, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. 100%. So, so Jimmy, so talk to me a little bit. Obviously, again, here it is. You know, you're coming from um, Avon, Connecticut. Like, where exactly is Avon, Connecticut? Avon, Connecticut's like right in the middle. It's right in the heart of Connecticut. So there's not too, it's a really small state. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get out. It was right in the middle. You're dealing with like it's kind of like Rocky Four up there, you know. You're dealing with like you know. Everything. So I couldn't wait to get down to, to Miami, but uh, yeah, I couldn't wait to get down. There. So so talk to us about your journey. I you know I grew up in in the I went to high school late '80s, early '90s when Miami was in the heart of their you know the heart of being the U. And I wanted nothing more than to go to Miami, but as a six foot, hundred and forty pound wide receiver, when there was Lamar Thomas and Horace Copeland, they weren't looking my way. Uh, what was it like? Like, did you was Miami always your dream school? Was that a place that you wanted to go, or did you just see an opportunity to go down there, get an education, and then go play some football as well? So to answer your question, it's it's not really a brief one. It's it's actually a really long one. It's kind of like a it's kind of ups and downs. So if you're looking at my story, my story started back in high school at Avon, Connecticut. You know, uh, I was an all state football player, five, six, probably maybe 165 soaking wet. Um, I was always a national rank wrestler. So my, I was really instilled at a young age to that you're going to wrestle at Penn state. And that was what you you were going to do. I won the States, you know, me and my brother. So I grew up with a hard nosed kind of football, football wrestling dad. It was really mostly wrestling. Um, uh, so anyways, at the end of my high school career, I, I always wanted to go to Miami, right? Like that was where we were visiting and I wanted to go there. I didn't have the grades, to be honest with you. I had a 2.9 GPA. Uh, the teachers were always helping me out and it, it, it kind of hurt me in a way. So transitioning and going to from Miami was just it wasn't just oh like a normal kid, to, you know, I'm going to play academics and I mean, go 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 and do academics at Miami. No, I, I actually got denied from Miami out of high school. So I applied. I got my denial letter. I went and I wanted to go to Division One. I. I didn't care what school I went to. I just wanted to prove people wrong that I could go to Division One football. I had a prepper year. I, I got a full ride to go prep at a uh, prep school that plays actually Tyler Van Dyke School, uh, prep school, Suffield Academy. I went to Hyde. Uh, went, did well there. Brought it to a bowl game. We won. Very exciting. I thought, you know, mid-season, I was like, listen, I'm not getting any offers. And I told my headmaster of the school, I was like, listen, I have to, I have to go and knock on these doors in order for me to get a scholarship. Went, knocked on every door. Everyone turned me down, Arizona State, Rutgers. Everyone turned me down. Then a small school, Wagner College, picked me up. I did really, really well there. It was, it was a, you know, preferred walk-on spot. Went, did well. The coach says at the end of spring, you got a full scholarship. Went, was coming back for summer. I was all stoked. And he's like, Murph, I'm sorry I gave away all your money. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about, man? Like, what do you mean? Like, I just took out a 45K loan from my aunt. You know, I don't got any money. I'm a blue collar kid. I worked on my dad's asphalt crew. So it was a real serious time for me. So I had to go back to my local state school, work on my dad's asphalt crew, singing a sledgehammer. And it wasn't fun, man. Got my grades really right in college. I was a 4.0 student pre-med. Pre -med, um, and I applied to Miami and I got in. My dad's like, great. How are you going to pay for it? So I. Uh, so I went and asked my high school football coach. I sat him down at like a dinner. I said, Coach, I, I, need, I need to ask you for a favor. I need you to write me a check for, you know, $76,000. <laughs> and, um, and I'll tell you something. He, he said, meet me tomorrow in the parking lot. And he wrote down my football number. And at the time, it was 36. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just slid that to me. He says, I can only pay, pay for one year, but this is, uh, this is what I can do. So... With that being said, I would literally stalk at the Schwartz Center. It's the academic center. Like sleep Trust up. me. Yeah. I built that. I know exactly yeah, what did. it is. <laughs> I know you did. You know? <laughs> I love it. Um, what do you call it? So I basically, I just would, would stalk the practice facility. And the, the receptionist kept on giving me false emails, man. 
So I was just like, what the heck? Right. So it was just one trial after trial after trial. And then I saw Coach Hartley, who, who you don't know, it's a, you guys know, is a tight ends coach at my uh, Georgia now. And I was like, Coach, like, do you have any walk on spots? And he, he looked me up and he's like, you play football? And I was like, yeah, I play football. And he's like, all right, you got it in three months. And I just went. Uh, and the rest is history, man. You know, and, and again, I know you did the walk on. And then I, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, like you were actually in an Uber driving in South Beach yes. when you got the phone call, right? Yes. Tell me, about, tell me about that story. So leading up to that, we had three months to prep for the for the walk on tryout. And uh, it was basically like if you, if you ever seen the movie Invincible when they, where they call you all out there and they're like, all right, guys, thank you. We'll let you know how you guys did. And like, we didn't know how we did. I, I felt confident, um, but I just was like, maybe that's the last time I throw on the cleats, you know, because that was it for me. I don't have money to come back. And um, I got a, a, like an email. It was like, I'll never forget it. Um, I got an email. It's like, we just want to say thank you for coming out. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, geez, man, really? And congratulations, you're a Miami Hurricane. And like, dude, when you get that, tat, like, when you get that email, man, you were just like, Dude, I bought every merchandise I could. I wore every hat I could. I was like, let's freaking go. But, you know, my story just started there. It was like kind of I was back on my dad's asshole crew because what was I doing? I was holding the back. So, it, like, you, it was like you got to a place and then you always had to grow. And then at that end of the season, I was put on full scholarship. And then my teammates wanted me team captain. I think if you say anything to me, what my biggest accomplishment at Miami is that team captain for my, for my, for my teammates that voted me in. I don't care to take everything away. Just that, that moment's my favorite. Uh, what was it like getting that full scholarship? Cause we, we see the videos and uh, I, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I've got kids and what I see them, I tear up when I see them. It's like, cause I know the work, what you guys go through to get there. What was your reaction when you found out you're getting a full scholarship? Well, let me put you on pause. I got to plug my thing in. I don't want you guys to die. One sec. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jimmy Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like just like he's great like just yeah. his personality just it embodies everything that a human being should stand for you know just like we were talking about john marie's last night right. why isn't there more jimmy murphy's in the world you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, absolutely I mean, these all right the- we're good guys all right we're good all right <laughs> yeah, i saw john Ruiz. We, we were uh right as his cigarette mo- at the book show yeah weekend. we actually had him on the show earlier so it was uh it was good excellent guy um what was your question so back to the scholarship what, what was your reaction when you find out you're getting a full scholarship and know you were paid for so is that you know that man that there's a lot of stuff that elevated at miami at the time so my first year you know they wrecked coach rick came over to me and it was kind of like a dark time because i'll never forget it we were playing like notre dame at the time and that week when braxton barris was there I was just trying to prove myself. So I went and I was on the scout team and I would, I would, I would try as hardest as I could to like make a play just to show them, listen, I, I could play ball. I mean, I'm not just right. I, I'll never forget it, man. I, I was flying down the field and I went pop and I hit Braxton barriers as hard as I could, like on a Thursday before Notre Dame oh. and he went down. Right. And you didn't hear a pebble drop. <laughs> right. So, sitting there on tree and when people don't yell at you that's i'll say that's even worse so i thought i was going to be uh, i thought it was going to be gone and a couple months later coach rick actually sat me down towards the end of the season 
And uh, I got a phone call and I was at the library and uh, it was from our, our director of player operations at the time, Don Corzoni. He's like, Jimmy, Coach Rick wants to see you. I'm like, oh, God. All right. <laughs> I blew it. <laughs> I took on my, my bike. I, I was, I was, I threw my bike down and I started running from the library there. I'll tell you one thing. Coach Rick was in a meeting with, with Coach, uh, Coach Brown at the time. He's coach, coaching for the Rams. And he was like, Murph, you flew down here. I'm like, well, when you call, I answer. He's like, he's like all right, get in my room. And uh, I sat in his room. He's like, he had like some papers in his hand. And um, he's like, hey, Murph, you know, I know you've been taking out some loans. And um, he was like, um, he's like, how about, uh, how would you like to be put on full scholarship? Mm. And at that time, like, I just looked at the floor. And I just know Coach, Coach Rick is just such a great man, you know? And he just, it was just such an a, a emotional moment because, you know, it was kind of all that hard work and what you put in. It's just like, it's amazing. You know, it was, a, it was an, ama- I, I, words can't describe it. I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's, here it is. You're doing everything you possibly can to just generate some income in order to help you play football. Cause this right. is what you want to do at the university of Miami. And then somebody, again, out of the kindness of his heart, not that he had to, but he saw something in you as an individual, as a person, but as, as more importantly, as a football player to say, hey, look, we're going to put you up here with all the other quote unquote stars and give you a full ride. Like that's just got to like mean something. Right. And again, you talk about Coach Rick and everything that he stands for. Like to me, there's there, there's great people in this world. Like we were talking earlier, by, like John Ruiz, like there's. He's a genuine individual like you. We wish there was more people like you, like Coach Rick, that we have in this country. It would make the world a better place. But Coach Rick, in order to do that for you, I'm sure you're going to have a bond with him for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. He was at the national championship this year. And one of my hometown people actually ran into him. They're like, can we take a picture with you? And he's like, send it to Jimmy. So it was so funny like see that, you know. So, so I do have a question, though. You talk about the hit that you put on Braxton Berrios, right? Yeah. Was that hit as hard as when Michael Parrott hit you after your touchdown? <laughs> it was harder. It was harder, man. You, you just you just felt it. Like I'll never forget it. I saw Braxton when he got drafted. Um, after he got drafted from the Patriots, he was actually going into toasted. I said, "Man, if I just hit you again like that," he was like, "He goes, you'll never catch me now." He's the number one punt returner in the country. But you know, he's amazing. He's probably one of my favorite canes I ever played with. That's awesome. You you talked about that Notre Dame week, and for old school Miami fans like me, longtime Miami fans, that's that's the week in the last fifteen years that we all remember. Coming off the Virginia Tech game, blow them out on national TV. You know, I I do radio up in in Atlanta. Everybody up here, Miami has no chance. And I made a lot of money on you guys. I'm not gonna lie to you because I bet everybody. I said we're gonna kick the crap out of Notre Dame. I was supposed to fly down, couldn't. I worked for the Falcons. It was my birthday. My wife and my kids were like, you can't leave. I remember waking at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm wide awake getting texts from Cutler Ridge Lass, who's a huge Miami fan. What was that like as a player coming out, A, the preparation that week, and B, just that atmosphere at Hard Rock Stadium? Was it? Have you ever seen anything like that? No. That, that, that was an awesome question. I commend you on that question. No, absolutely. It was, it was the best atmosphere, even better than the Orange Bowl. That was Catholics versus convicts, baby. We were ready to go. And you got to remember, it started at Cane Walk. And if you remember, like, 
Kane walk, John, like Kane walk was jumping that night. I mean, right. we got there five hours early. We were all <laughs> posted up. Like we could not wait. And like you said, coming off that big win against Vatek the week before, you know, here it is. It's, it's Notre Dame. Obviously we just lost to them uh, up there, you know, uh, a year earlier or whatever, or two years earlier. And then here it is. They're coming here, man. People are throwing bottles at their windows. Like as their buses are going by, they're trying to do bro. It's, it was, they're, they ended up, they started changing the way that the buses now for the visiting teams come in. They actually go around by where the students come in. They don't bring the buses through cane walk anymore because there's a few people who want to take it a little bit too far, which there's nothing wrong with that. But starting at cane walk, when you guys got off that bus and you saw that many people and just the hype, you know, everybody was hyped up. We were cheering, we were crap. And then you get into the game. And then one question I do have to ask you though, Jimmy is the smoke. Right. It's like and, and that night was phenomenal. Right. But like running through that smoke in that type of environment has to mean something. Right. Just right off the rip, like just that entrance coming through when you're at the University of Miami. There's nothing like that. It means something. So for me, it, there always was a like, you know, you could ask any different anybody, any player this. I wasn't I never wanted to be a T-shirt collector. You know what I mean? So just like running through smoke, that was never for me. I wasn't trying to just enjoy the atmosphere and sit back and ride the bench. You know, my ass was on Coach Hartley's heels, like stepping on him and stuff like that. Like saying, like, let's let's get ready to go here. So running through that smoke, I think I phased all that out because the only thing I wanted to do was play, you know, and play and show my talent. Running through that smoke, I never took for granted. I always took everything that I had. I think the one thing going off that smoke is it's wearing that you on the side of that helmet. So, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people take that for granted in the pro did take it for granted in the program. I can't speak on this program. Um, but a lot of people take that for granted and that's something I never did. So we, we never do. And I know we're fans and, and guys that work in radio, we don't take it for granted. I've got, when I say I've got the you, I'm like, I'm literally like a poster child for Miami football. I've got Miami tattoos all over my body. Right. I, I couldn't afford. I was like you. I couldn't. Yeah, afford, yeah. <laughs> I got too much hoodie. Too much hoodie on. It's a little chilly up here. But I've got, Gang. Yep. <laughs> I've got all the national titles tattooed here. Sebastian. I've got the Orange Bowl here. I've got a, a turnover chain back here. The U. Uh, a tribute to Sean Taylor right here. So yeah, my youngest son's name is Kane. So that that'll tell you how much I love the U. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's. It's crazy, you know, and again, like John's like me, like we're old school cats, right? Like, and again, there's nothing wrong with the new millennials that are coming to play at the University of Miami, but just the the attitude of the millennials are now playing at Miami is different than it used to be back then. But let, let, before we do that, we got to take a quick break here on the Kang Gang Radio Show on Sirius XM. Give us a few seconds and we'll be right back and uh, we'll be back with Jimmy Murphy. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. 
but these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't. All of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, again, chopping it up with Jimmy Murphy, John Michaels. And, and Jimmy, what, right before we went to break, I was talking about the attitude. Today's generation, the attitude, right? And, and John, this can be a question for you and for, for Jimmy, because obviously, John, I'm going to start with you first. The attitude for the, for the old guys, mm-hmm. was it different then than it is today? And um, just give me an answer. Then, Jimmy, tell me what it was about the attitude with your teammates compared to what you saw with some of the older guys who come back to talk to you guys. John, I'll start with you. I can't speak because I, I obviously didn't play at the school. One of my team, my high school teammates was a running back in the, in the early 90s, and I, got, I knew him well. I know for us going through high school, when Miami would show up to recruit, we tried to kill each other because I wanted to impress whoever the wide receiver coach was at that time. I was trying to impress him to get there. For the fan base, we had a, a cockiness back then because – Literally for a decade plus, we just didn't see Miami lose. Or when they lost, it was a referee. It was a missed fumble. It was whatever it was. There was a reason, extenuating circumstances. The hardest part for me, and this again from an outsider, but something I, I you know, I travel the country to watch Miami play. I don't miss a snap. I, I literally will skip my wife's birthday if it comes down to a Miami game. And she knows it. Um, the attitude that I see, and Jimmy, you can speak to this more being on the team. It almost seemed like, a mentality of when things were going well, we were Miami. When things got rough in a game, it felt like there were some guys on the team that all of a sudden go, all right, we're not doing so well, and they seemed like they were out. Again, that's just my perspective as a fan, being close to the field from time to time. From the fan side, I think we have fans right now that don't understand what it's like to be a Miami Hurricane, what it's like. I know you guys work your ass off. I, I can attest to that, that the players work their ass off. But was there ever a point, Jimmy, when you looked at that and it felt like, and I don't want you to throw former teammates under the bus, that maybe people had that doubt, that that doubt in their mind that, hey, we can, when things are tough, we can get over the hump against a Clemson or get over the hump against a North Carolina or somebody like that? You know, that, that, that's a great question. So, you know, coming in, Orange Bowl, having that great year and kind of, kind of moving on to that next step, it, 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 I remember I was in a team meeting one time and there was a big problem in our program where we had to deal with a lot of cancers that were going on. We had a lot of great players, but a lot of people and a lot of young guys at the time were like, listen, I'm a five star. I said to him, I don't care what kind of star you are. I was not even a half a star. Right. You know what I mean? So it wasn't. It, 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 I think it was more of an attitude right then. And we had some great players, Trajan Bandy, Shaq Quarterman, you name it. I mean, Zach McLeod, we had leadership. It's just, I feel like we came short at the time to get over that hump once when it, and you saw it this year, like we were, I know you guys don't want want to hear it, but I think Manny Diaz and the staff where they got the team at, it is, it is cemented the road for Cristobal. Okay. Mm -hmm. The young guys, he experienced so many guys getting young guys playing that much at that at that time facing Alabama. You know, they they overcame a lot. But having this next season, it's not a rebuild. This isn't a rebuild. This we're on the track to win. So to answer your question, yes, there was a lot of attitude problems. And at one point, you know, Diaz actually asked us, what do you want us to do? And and I said, take off everyone's use on their helmet Mm. until they earn it. You know, and that that goes for me, you know, take off our use until we earn it. And there were certain people that didn't have use on their helmet that next week. Wow. Jimmy was a trendsetter. <laughs> no. he, 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 he 
Jimmy wasn't a trend center. Jimmy just wanted to win. We were, I was just tired yeah. of losing. And I think a lot of people were. And we had so many leaders. Listen, Shaq Quarterman, the guys that were just above me that were playing, Mike Pinkney, those guys were leading. It's just we had too many guys that weren't, weren't buying in. And you have to buy into this program. You know what I mean? There's no cheating reps. And I think it showed. I think we cheated more than, you know what I mean? Skipping kind of skipping. We call them bucking reps, right? right. When you're cheating reps in the gym, it's going to show, right? So I think we were, we, 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 were, we were cutting corners. We weren't doing it the right way. You know, and it's crazy you say that because we, we've all watched the U and, you know, I've, got, I've been blessed to get to know a lot of the former players. I know Derek. I know Cole knows a ton. He knows more than I do from all the stuff that he's done in Miami. But all, everybody to a man always talked about the work and what was put in Monday through Friday to get ready for Saturday. And they always would say Saturday was easy because we killed each other during the week. And it sounds a little bit like there was some moments where guys were living off their own press clippings. And Jimmy, one of the things, you know, and I try to instill this in my own kids and it's tough. The press clippings that high school kids get now never happened in 1992. Like when I was in high school, if I got, I got written up once in the Palm Beach Post, I think I had five catches against Lake Worth. And Oh man, I'm in the paper. This is awesome. But it was literally like one sentence. John Michaels catches five balls for 70 yards or whatever it was. Today, you know, guys are having huddle videos. They're having Instagram. They're having everything else society to me it it feels like that is a little bit of a problem and it's not just a miami issue it happens at georgia it happens at georgia tech it happens everywhere you want me to go off of that yeah fire away (laughs) so i mean yeah i mean i think what what crystal's doing is is instilling a factor of i know what clemson does like you know gabbo goes and meets the family uh you know sees what their background If, if there's something that's not if there's an attitude problem, it's immediately off his board. And that's just knowing kind of players that came from him. And um, I, I don't know Cristobal. I can't speak about his half. I can't speak on Diaz because I really don't know what they did to recruit because I never went through the recruiting process. I kind of faced it all kind of through a walk-on spot. But I, I think it's more getting down to the roots and chemistry of the team. I would rather – I think the biggest problem is going off of five-star, five-star, five-star. Listen, the reason the reason why – you know, the reason why we lost to Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl or two years, three years, it's not just because they had Jonathan Taylor, that right. amazing lineman that were two, three stars that wanted to play ball, man. Yeah. It, Facts. It, it, want to play Facts. ball, man. You know Facts. What I mean? so it's, that's what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't us. We got so many. I don't care about your five stars, man. I don't, I don't care. About you know, and that's a great point because you can even look at the history of Miami and see some of the guys who came not only are college football Hall of Famers who are national champions, but are pro football Hall of Famers. Obviously, Ed Reed, right? Two-star kid coming out of Louisiana. Right. Yep. But he but he had that dog mentality that says, you're not going to be better than me. And again, I look at all these five-star kids, and Miami's had quite a few five-stars, the guys who just never panned out, right? But at the same time, we're, we're in, in today's generation, we're ranking these kids with stars based on seven-on-sevens and some camps. Uh-huh. You're not wearing pads. You're not going across the middle getting lit up, but you know, with somebody like a Rayshon Jenkins, you know, who played at Miami, or you know, you know, somebody that'll come and layer like could you imagine a kid today going like a kid like Sean Taylor or Ed Reed or or Troy Palomalo or Ronnie Lott? Like it's just different, right? You can run around, you can catch a ball with nobody around you and you're getting touched. But then you put pads on, like and, and I'll say this name. Like, look at Mark Pope. Mark Pope was a five-star wide receiving talent. But yet, when he got when he got into the game, and, and again, I don't know where where his mind was or what the issues were, 
but he couldn't catch the ball. I just, you know, it's one of those things that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think that that, that that's what's wrong. I think, it, I think it's it's finding that dog mentality. You know, for me, it's Rocky Four, man. Like, I I would be playing my freaking. I yeah. love the Rocky Four analogy. Four, man, like it's just like for me, it's coming from. You look at Shaq, man. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, he's not a pretender. You know what I mean? Shaq's a dog. You know, if you build enough dogs on the team, it's gonna stay. It's gonna stay. You know what I mean? And I think Cristobal is a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. That guy, and that guy's solidifying that they're not gonna tolerate cancers. And that guy's gonna come in here and win ball games with you or without you. It doesn't matter who you are. I want to go back to you know when you're immediately you find out you're a walk on. You talk about holding bags. Was there ever a moment as a player? And we all have it. We all not necessarily say starstruck, but there's times that you'll look at somebody and you go, "Dirty bird!" I can't believe, <laughs> like I can't believe I'm on the same field as this guy. Who was the guy for you that you looked and go, "I'm lining up in pads against this dude," and I can't believe I'm sitting here with pads on and he's about to hit me. You're saying who was I kind of like shocked to play against? Not even shocked that just you looked at him. You're like, like this guy's built like a Greek god, and now I'm lining up, and I'm going to go get this guy. <laughs> there was, there was, I would never step on a field and think like that, man. I'm going to run right. you the heck over, man. My I'm, man. I love like it. That, I would just never. I would never even put that in my in myself, man. I'll never forget it. I went to uh, the Al Golden football camp when I was like like 17 years old, and I'll never. I was like five foot five, maybe, and there was like all these giants around. My dad looked at me and goes. Oh, these dudes suck, man. Go out there and burn them, man. So I, I never think of it like that, man. I'm just, I'm just gonna go out there and hit these guys. That's, that's never my, never my thing. Now, if there's a, no, nah, I never thought of it. Like so that. Jimmy, perfect, perfect, perfect way to say that because I'm gonna go back off of your analogy. Yeah. Rocky Four. No yep. pain. Yep. No pain. Yep. No pain. No pain. <laughs> we actually play that. Like I would wake up and we would go to the gym a little early, and at the time, Coach Feely was the coach, so he would be playing that stuff for me right when I woke up. It was like the training montage. And I was like, dude, like I was hitting that step thing and all the, everything. <laughs> You're not running through the snow and carrying logs on your back, though, right? No, it was up in Connecticut. I'm not doing that now. <laughs> oh my word, Jimmy, you're you're amazing, bro. Like, just so I, I do got to I got to ask you some questions. Like, yep. so what are some of your most what is one of your most memorable moments? Again, not hitting Braxton on Thursday in practice, but like you, you're probably going to say the touchdown, but I don't want to hear about that. What is one of the most memorable things that you did or you accomplished on the field at the University of Miami? The touchdown was the worst. I, I wish I wish I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean? Like you got PT over Lorenzo Lingard, another five-star guy. Yeah, I wish I never did it because I think the, the one thing that that did wrong for me was was kind of put me in a Rudy moment, and I never wanted to be associated with Rudy. Yeah. And, I, and I think that was that was where I, I went wrong. It was just emotions of the excitement just to pop in there and get it. But I was a special teams ace. You know, that was my role, and that's where I fit it in. And, and you know it. Yeah, look, 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 look. look. <laughs> I'm all of the rings. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean? It was just I just wish I never did it. Uh, but, you know, it did happen, and, and I got associated with that. But first off, Rudy was off sides. And so, you know what I mean? Hell, yeah, he was. Hell, yeah. He was. Mom anyway, so they shouldn't have a movie about him. <laughs> yeah. But, so to, to, to name my favorite moment, um, I think – my favorite moment was being named captain um, by my teammates because that was just that was, that was just by them and no one going off. That was just such an unbelievable honor, you know. 
Uh-huh. Did you know that? Did you know that that was coming, or how no. does that pro- how does that process work? Do is there upperclassmen you know that have a meeting, or or how does that process? Because you, you see people being captains. Tell me about how that process works at the University of Miami. So at the end of the year, the whole the whole team sits in the team meeting room, and everyone's given a piece of paper, and they say you allow three team captains, or three or four, and uh, they write who they want. Um, and they have a special teams captain. They got an offensive captain, and they got a you know, a defensive captain. So I think getting, no, I know getting that uh, award was my, my lifetime achievement award. You know what I mean? So So awesome. That's crazy. Who's your favorite teammate? Oh, Oh, man. You know, I can't say who my favorite teammate is at all. I mean, Trajan Bandy, we still talk. Zach McLeod, we still talk. Um, just a couple, you know, my dad always says, if you can count on your hand, you know, five real people that are in your life. Facts. Those are Trajan, Shaq, um, Mike Pinkney. You know, we might not talk every day, but it's like right when we show back up, I think that's what the U does for you is it, it, it's like we're back on Green Tree. What's up, man? You know, and, and it's that instilled like in us. That's what that's what we brought. Mike Parrott, who knocked me out there. <laughs> yeah. Did they charge you for breaking the chain? Did, did they get uh, you a bill? I think AJ jewelers were like pissed. They're like, no, it, it wasn't broke or something. Well, people people thought it was fake because it broke, right? A lot of people like, oh, yeah, it's fake. He was getting some shade. They could drop that off me. I'll melt that thing down real fast. Though. <laughs> yeah, I, I followed AJ on Instagram. I was like, all right, I want to take a look at some of his stuff. And then I looked and I go, yeah, it's way out of my price range. Yeah, right. I don't know who was financing that or who was able to buy that, but that is not in my price range at all. You've seen all the pictures on the wall at AJ's, man. Yeah, people make a lot more than you and I, buddy. You, though, guys, what do you think about the turnover chain being gone? Love it. Good. No, it's not about. It's not about. So I'm going to use your your mentality. Why? I, I I love it being gone. To me, it's you don't need gimmicks. You're the University of Miami. Put yourself in a position. I don't. You're 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 down by 30 points and you score a touchdown and you're on the sideline posing like with some like touchdown rings. Like, what are you doing? Like, act like you've been there before, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, to me, it's 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 a, it was a gimmick. You kept transcending, like from from this design to this design to this design, and for the fans, merchandise people, they loved it because you know, again, we all gobbled it up. You know, we're wearing it. You know, but at the end of the day, what did it really do for us? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll say I'm in the vocal minority on this. I hate that it's gone. I absolutely love the chain. Love the chain. The touchdown rings were hokey and stupid. Nothing oh, against the offensive players. I thought they were stupid. The 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 chain was transcending. The chain made everybody in college football want to have a prop. We had yeah. people with thrones, pimp cups, chainsaws, axes, you know, you name it. Basketball goals. <laughs> trash cans, turnover door, purses. Door, door, yeah, door to explore, you know, backpacks. Oh, the purse. Yeah, you had the All purse. Right. But I thought that was essential <laughs> Miami. What it needed to have was meaning again, though. And the meaning was, I wanted to go back, just put the original you design, and that's it. Yeah. And to something you said earlier, Jimmy, earn it. Yeah, yeah. You're down 20 points. We're not going to break it out. Right. You, you come up with a turnover like Pink did against Florida State in that big comeback. The place went bananas when that chain came out. Right. I, I think Mario needs to revisit that and put the chain back. Well, what we need to do is visit the commercial real quick. We'll be right back here in the Kang Gang Radio Show, chopping it up with all the boys. We'll be right back. Oh! 
Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. happen you will 
On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Again, I didn't want to cut you off there, John, but unfortunately we had to, uh, we had to go to break, but you're right. Like, again, that's been the whole mindset from a lot of people, right? Like act like you've been there, earn it. One of my biggest pet peeves is like, you're down 20 points and someone gets a sack, but then you want to 30 yards down the field. Like, man, get back in the huddle and get ready for the next play. Go get another one, you know, (laughs) but this is where I disagree. The old school Miami guys, even if they were down 10, you go watch Danny Stubbs against Florida State 87. They're down 19-3. He comes up with a play, and he's dancing like a wild man. Yeah. If you're going to do that, be that all the way. My only thing is have substance behind it, and that's where I go back to the earn it principle. If you're earning it in practice every day, and I'm, I'm looking at the fourth quarter drills that Mario's putting together right now uh, and how hard they're going to work and following the Saban deal, Georgia has savage pads. Every time they get a turnover, they put those big stupid spikes on. Guess what? They want a national title. Alabama has the ball-out belt. When they come up with a big play – They've got a belt. Why do we have to put ours away? Because we had a couple of bad seasons. Keep a couple. Since uh, <laughs> the chain's been here, we've had a couple of bad seasons. Correct, correct. Well, I, I think it's symbolic of just some some not-so-good memories over the past couple of years, right? And, you know, it was amazing, man. And it is the greatest prop that's, that's ever been in, in college football, right? But here's the thing that, you know, it might be gone for now, but, you know, I, I think Mario doesn't really believe in, in forms of, uh, you know, of other forms of motivation, right? He thinks we should get in there and, and, you know, we should, you know, we should bust our ass and, um, you know, and make plays. Right. I don't think it's dead though. I think it's dead maybe for at least half the year, you know, but there's, there's no telling they could keep that thing on the sideline and something big happens in the Florida state game. And they pull that junk back out out of nowhere. And Mario just gets up after and he's like, yeah, you know, the guys wanted to bring it back and all of a sudden it's back, but maybe with different stipulations. Right. Um, you know, like for really a coach should probably be on the headset and say, you know, give it to him or don't. And if you're down, you know, in the Alabama game, you know, it probably shouldn't be coming out in the third quarter when you're, I don't remember, Co, you probably remember what the score was at that point, but. It was 27 to three. I was sitting there. Right there. So John's got it too. See, Cam, Cam Kitchens. <laughs> so. yeah. how, Murph, how heavy was that thing? Like when you put that around your neck, how heavy is that thing? It's funny that you say that. Like, you know, all the kids. I'll never forget, we, we, had, we went to Hard Rock, we did the scrimmage, and then after the scrimmage, all the kids got to take a picture with the chain and stuff like that. And I said, I don't want to take a picture on it until I earn it. You know what I mean? And I think that goes back with, with you know what I mean? So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to touch it until, I'm, and then until I get it. You know what I mean? Because that didn't mean anything to me. So I think you're right. And kind of hearing your, pro, your outlook on it, it, it it's, it's the way that it should be done. And that's the way I viewed it. How heavy was it? I don't remember. I was I was so jacked up. I just don't even remember. <laughs> it's just on a front flip and everything else. Yeah, <laughs> and, and getting knocked out. You got straight deboed. I ain't gonna lie to you, boy. Parrot came out and I'm surprised we didn't get a flag for Parrot running on the field I for that. Did me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jimmy, 
talk to me about the fans at the University of Miami. Obviously, you know, we talked about your your your, your moments, your your teammates, and there's a couple yep. of things I want to talk to you about. What about the fans? How how did the fans? Obviously, no one really knew you until that moment per se, that touchdown. Obviously, true yep. fans like like myself and a few other of us, like we always want to try to acknowledge everybody on the team. How were yep. the fans? How did the fans treat you? Honestly, I love them. I love these fans. Like, even to this day, like I get people always root me on and 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 having my back. You know what I mean? And even in my endeavors, I might not be playing football or be a part of the program, but I'll always be a part of the program. You know, um, you know, you guys that have my back. You know, I always keep in touch with you. And to me, to me. I don't look at it as like fans. I look at it as a big family. You know what I mean? When I see you, it's not like, oh my God. It's like, you're just one of my, you're one of my guys. You're one of my, you know, you solidified that because, you know, and Derek, you, you, you know, you know, it, it, it. you, I don't think you understand how much, how much it means for us seeing you out there, you know, and seeing how much you showing up to every game means a lot, man. I, I always would look at, I would look where you would be at and you know what I mean? It, it, it's, you mean more than, you know, it's not just you're really there for only, you know, just to support. We, we love having you guys, and we love having you, man. Appreciate so, that. Yeah, awesome. man, it's it's a real treat to have you support us because we know you're 100% behind us, and it's fans like you. Now, I'm going to be completely blunt because I'm very transparent. Some of the fans at Miami, and I think it, it hurts us athletes, is because – a lot of them are bandwagon fans. You know, when the heat's on, everyone's a heat fan in Miami, right? When the, <laughs> the Canes are on, everyone's a Canes fan. And, you know, I think that's the difference because if, if coming being a player and seeing evolving and sitting up there in the seats and hearing the criticisms of what we face, it's kind of like I can hear both sides now and take a back seat. So it, it just reminded me of the Wisconsin game in the Orange Bowl. Man, we why weren't we packed out there? It was a sea of red. Right. Come on, man. That's Miami. Don't be a you fan know? later. You yeah, know? don't be a fan later. And, I, and that's where I think it's like, listen, I think me personally, I couldn't have asked for a better better college experience from my fans and everything like that. Our fans for the fan base, I think they're there. I just think they got to buy in and trust the staff, which I do think they will. It's awesome. You know, I think back, Jimmy, and, and you know, I mean, I know everybody really started – you became a household name for Canes fans, you know, after the touchdown and everything, because it was just it was just such an awesome moment, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I think back to the spring game that we had in Orlando, and there you dude, go. Let's talk about that, baby. Listen, yeah! listen, brother, you were balling out in that game, man. I mean, I'm like watching. I'm like, dude, I think you were wearing 29 at the time. I can't remember if you were 36 or 29, but I remember saying, like, that guy is just like Jimmy Murphy. He's you know balling sideline to sideline. And then you got interception, dude, and you went freaking nuts when you got that. And that was probably the loudest in the spring game that anybody went is when you got that interception, man. And from that moment, man, I started watching watching you and, you know, taking an IT and everything. And, you know, I, I look back like I love like the gunner on special teams and the guy who's just running out there and wreaking havoc, man, uh, because it's so important, right? Like it's, it's, it's so underrated, but it's so important to the game. And, you know, I know all of us, we appreciate – you, you know, putting your life on the line the way that you would run out there and just, you know, knock somebody as, as hard as you possibly can to make a play for the team, man. Thank you so yeah, much. Let's talk about that spring game, though, man. How, how were you feeling out there that day? I have a question for you, though. For that interception, who did I intercept it off of? Ooh. I'm just going to guess and say Kosey. 
No. Plays for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> My boy KJ. I oh, love yeah. That's right. That's right. It was, it was KJ on a uh, on a bomb. Yeah. KJ. First off, him. I think he's an unbelievable talent. I love him. He he's is killing it too. Killing it. I yeah. love seeing it. And, you know, he deserves it. He was one of those guys that just came into the program and bought in, you know. So the interception, yeah, it was great. It was a little time. But, like, you know, seeing him progress, I just love seeing all my guys, like, do well. And we all still talk. It's like it's not like a, yeah. you know, red wine. You got you got Jaquan over there at the Bills. Then I see Rousseau. He's like, what's up, Murph? You good? Like, like it was a first-round draft pick, but it's just like it's a normal family. So Family, baby. It's just a family thing, man. It's a, it's a real family thing. But, yeah, the spring game was awesome. I just, you know, right in Orlando, I think he was getting us ready for um, – he wanted to emulate Florida, yeah. So we, we were back right up there. I mean, it was great atmosphere. I just think, you know, there was a couple of people that needed to be gone, man. Yeah. yeah. What was the coolest road venue? Because that, that Orlando was a dump. I was there, and that game was hot as <laughs> awful. Oh, my goodness. We had to walk about two miles for parking and everything else. But what's a place you walked in and was like, man, this is a cool-ass place to play college football? That's an awesome question. You guys dropped dimes. Um, <laughs> That's what we do here at the Kangas. Hey, we got to cut that sound bite, man. Get Jimmy Robson. You guys dropped dimes. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, pinstripe Bowl, man. Even though we got our – I mean, it was a cool place to play. I wouldn't feel like like our play was awful there. But it I was like, awful. Yeah, yeah. It was awful. I was there. It was awful. <laughs> Yeah, that was a cool venue, but I think I loved playing 2018 Virginia Tech. So when you go to when you go to Virginia Tech and that place is sold out, the stadium, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when I was a, when I was walking out of that tunnel, it's the stadium doesn't go out, it goes right. up. So yeah. it's like a sea of red and you just see people on top of each other stacked like a coliseum and you're like, "Oh my Met- god." Metallica playing as they come out like Enter Sandman. Man. <laughs> Blacksburg. I think that was one of my favorite places to play. It's one of the places I haven't been. Uh, I'm going this year for the first time, John. I'm actually going. (laughs) I've heard they do not treat Miami fans very well there, and I have a fairly combative personality. (laughs) As I become a father, I try to stay away from places. We went to Clemson a couple of years, or last year, as a matter of fact, during the pandemic, me and Cole were up there, uh, which was a lot of fun. I try to go unique places. Like anywhere, I've been to Norman, Oklahoma to see Miami play. You know, obviously been to all the places down around the South Tennessee back in 2003. It's awesome to be on your guys' side as a, an, an opposition. There's gunshots going on. What the hell's going on? <laughs> shots, ringing out, shots ringing out of the co-residence. <laughs> what I was saying, it's awesome to be on your guys' side as the hated. And it's something that is Miami. And I'm sure as players, you guys embrace it like we do as fans. I want to be hated. The hell oh, yeah. with being candy ass and friendly. Yep, we're going to wear fatigues. I'm going to have chains on. I'm going to talk <laughs> trash the entire time. And I love when you guys back it up the same way. Oh, man. There's nothing like it. Road, road games for me is everything that I can't do at home, I get to do on the road, right? Because, again, you get to visit different areas. Like, like John, when we went to Norman in 08, right? Yeah. We stayed at Oklahoma City. So I did the Oklahoma City Memorial. Like, it's – that's what road trips are about too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get to do things. I went to Ohio State. Like, that place is a dump. But the stadium <laughs> itself, it, it is what it is, right? But, you know, Jimmy, going to, like, Maria and I, we went to – we took all, all the kids up to New York. She was so mad because we had booked a trip in September to go to New York for Christmas. And I'm like, no, we cannot book this yet because I don't know where the Canes are going to have a bowl game. So don't book anything. 
So she doesn't book it and whatever. So then the day we find out, like, man, I spent three grand. I stayed at the, the Sheridan Times Square. It took all the kids to New York for a week. Cost me three grand for the hotel. Went to the Pinstripe Bowl. And, and listen, hit the subway, going up to the Bronx, you know, you know, just that, that, that atmosphere, that, that, you know, that. And then, you know, obviously the game is a game, right? It, we win some, we lose some. But it's, it's the memories. Playing in Yankee Stadium, you have that, that distinct, you know, pleasure of saying, I played in Yankee Stadium. doesn't matter if we win or lose, but you played in Yankee Stadium. You know, that's the good thing about playing college football, too, is the different venues that you guys have experienced. Now, again, I've never been to Blacksburg. Um, Grayson's birthday is October 16th. We actually play uh, Virginia Tech October 15th. So I had talked to the wife and I said, so what are we doing for his birthday? And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, there's a game like, you know, on Saturday. And so she's like, all right, we can go. So we'll take I'm going to take Grayson and we're going to ride up to Blacksburg, man. So, you know, we're trying. We're trying G baby, man. You already know G baby. So we're gonna try to go everywhere, man. We're we're trying to catch every single game this year. So home and away, you know. It's a good uh, one, man. Pitt's a real good one. Been you to Pitt many times. Yeah, you've been to Pitt. Like Pitt is not really like a like a, I'm not a fan of Pittsburgh, but I'm a fan of the people. Yeah. So when we stayed there, like when I tell you, there all the all the maids and all the staff that were there and accommodating us, they're like, right oh, they're at the Marriott. Having you guys, we love having you guys. <laughs> like how you guys do is how we do. Like like they're really for their Steelers, and it, it, it's true. It's like how that how the Steelers do is how those people earn yeah. their money. If they're having a bad year, they're not making too much money. So yeah. we want to see the Pirates do well, and, and that's what's cool, and, and that's what's great, and that's what I'll instill in my kids is I've seen these places, so I'm excited to take them and. You know, they only got one school to show. Is that's Miami, so they don't. Hey, trust me. We, my wife and I, we argue about that all the time. You know, obviously, you know, John, you know, Kane's at a certain age, and you know, he'll be getting up there in a few more years. Grayson's only four. I'm already planning his path to run through that smoke in 14 years, right? <laughs> Maria, right. Maria's, but Maria's like, well, what if he gets a scholarship to Alabama or Florida? I'm like, <laughs> Florida, he ain't going. So here's what's awesome, Cole, that you say that. I have had this argument on morning drive in Atlanta multiple times. So, Jimmy, just full disclosure, I work with Hudson Mason, who played at Georgia, Joe Hamilton, who was a Heisman runner-up at Georgia Tech, Brian Fenner, who played for years for the Falcon, and our point guy home team. None of them are Miami fans. I'm the outsider in this whole group. And they've had conversations like, well, what if your son Kane gets a scholarship to Florida State? I said, that crap's getting torn up and thrown in the trash. I have a list of <laughs> – why don't you let me count them out here? Six schools – He's precluded. Don't even – I've got three kids. Don't even apply. Notre Dame, Florida State, Florida, Virginia Tech, Ohio State. Uh, I think that's it. Those five. Don't even look at those schools because you are not allowed <laughs> to go. I will disown you as a father. So that will tell you what you have to look forward to in fatherhood from crazy Canes fans like us. <laughs> First off, where do you live in Atlanta? Uh, in Gwinnett County on the north side. Okay. I used to live in Alpharetta like yeah, last year. Okay. Yeah. I, work, I work at 680 The Fan in Atlanta. We're the Braves flagship. Um, and this, again, oh, go, back, nice, man. Yeah, go back to the uh, the Kane fandom. We were up for the – they took us up for the national title game because Georgia was in it. We had a huge pre-party the day before at or the day of at Hooters right down in downtown Indianapolis. Four Canes fans came to meet me just because I'm a Miami guy. And I'm not <laughs> – I didn't play at the school. That's the bond that this program creates. Four guys, four random guys in Indianapolis who happen to follow me on social media 
show up at Hooters at two o'clock in a sea of Georgia red, checked out in Miami colors. That's what you guys, I say you guys, guys that played at the team, that's what you do for us. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, hey Jimmy, we got about three more minutes, but I want to ask you one last question. Sure. Um, talk to me about that brotherhood. Obviously, you've kind of already, you know, elaborated a little bit. What does it mean to have that connection and that that brotherhood with former players and future players? What does that mean to you? I want to kind of spin that question. So, Coach Rump, I don't know if you guys know Coach Rump, right? Come on, that's eight, bro. You already know. Come on. We love Coach Rump. <laughs> so, it was one of my last games ever playing football, um, and we were sitting at a dinner, and, and I said, Coach, you played in the national championship games. I said, what was your favorite moment? And – he goes, this. I said, Coach, what do you mean this? We're sitting and eating ice cream with the whole team. He's like, this. He's like, this is what you're going to remember the most is, you know, talking to Pastor Mike, you know, going over there and goofing around without blades, playing cards, talking to Lou Headley. He's like building the connections. Because you won't know that until you leave this program. Wow. And I met him about a couple days ago, and I saw him running outside of the Schwartz, and I was like, Coach, I said, you were absolutely right. Those are the only things I remember. I don't even remember all playing, but what I do remember is those connections that you make. So the brotherhood, it runs deep. And those are what I'm – he, he goes, the, the national championship game was a blur, Murph. He's like, what was it? It was building, you know, Al Blades' dad. Like, he played with these people and, you know, dropping these names. And he's like, he's like, man, I'm, I'm closer to the walk-ons because the walk-ons help me the most now. Yeah. He's like, they're lawyers, they're doctors. He's like, he's like, he's like – I solidified it because I built so much relationship that I have every which way to go. So I guess the you connection is just throughout. It's not, it's, it's for life, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. man. That That's, that's like, <laughs> if, if I could end any show, that would be the way to end the show. Whew. You know, I just, and again, I, I know so many players. John knows so many former players. Bird knows so many players. There's not too many people who I, I generally feel like embodies what a Miami hurricane is supposed to be than you, Jimmy Murphy. 100%. Like you represent the you to the fullest extent of what that you should mean to somebody, I you know, think. through, through your attitude, through your determination, through your work ethic. I think, again, I, I would say probably you and Ed Reed embody the most of what it takes to be a university of Miami football player, you know? So again, from, from, from me to you, I, I say, thank you two nine, you know, for that. Thank you so much guys. <laughs> thank you. Do you so have much. any el eligibility left, man? Can we get you back out there or what? <laughs> I was fighting for more, man. I was like, listen. I, <laughs> I, I bet he was, man. I was, man. So, I so was. Jimmy, stick stick around with us real quick. Hey, so listen, you guys are listening to Kang Gang. We're done for the week. You guys enjoy yourself. We're going to go off air and chop it up with Jimmy Murphy for a little bit longer. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you guys later.